This is MFA Chronicles. I'm your host, The Zim. Today we have Rachel Ness on the podcast, and we do this little three-minute or less intro. So before we get to Rachel, I'm going to do a few announcements. So check it out, yo. Oh, hope you're all staying safe, staying safe and healthy. We are in a pandemic. This is not exciting. So stay safe and healthy. Do the right thing. Mask on. Hashtag mask on. All right. What do we got going on today? Not today, yesterday. For me, yesterday was the final day of my classes. Today we had a little celebration, a Zoom celebration with people about graduating people and such, which Rachel is one of them. And we'll get to her in a moment. But um, yeah, just finished my first year of grad school. Pretty crazy. I plan to update you all on that adventure. And part of the plan is to do a live podcast. I'm going to go do a live podcast recording early June, and you'll hear about it on Twitter. It's at the Zim ST Studio 1200, STH. The Zim at the Zim STH, and also Instagram at underscore the Zim. Um, getting that together. My plan is on Monday, this coming up Monday, to do a little test run, see if it's happening. So if you happen to be online on Facebook and YouTube, you might see the test, so check it out. But that's not going to be the official one. Going to officially do it up. It'll be an hour broadcast, early June. All dates to be a to be announced. All right, let's move on from that. Let's move on from that. The next thing is, what is the plan for this podcast, MFA Chronicles? Just because now I'm out of school, I've decided to focus on it a little more than I have been. Um, you know, you may have heard me say like every time I would do a podcast, it would really affect my ability to finish the other work I needed to do, my actual schoolwork, because they don't take a long time, but they take just enough time that it throws off everything else if I do one when I should be doing other stuff. So now I don't have anything else really to do other than, you know, my own personal work. And this is part of it. So I'm, I'm stoked. I'm digging in. I've sent out a bunch of emails, starting to get responses. Going to open up this conversation. It's going to be more than just San Diego State University artists. So yeah, I'm excited for it. So hopefully you'll come back and check them out and um, do the thing. All right. That's the plan. Oh, if you want to support the podcast, it's patreon.com slash the zoom. Check it out. And then you can find all the info at mfachronicles.com. Also, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. All right, let's get into this conversation with Rachel Ness. Hey. Hi. Hi, Rachel. Hey. Hey. Nice How's to... it going? Good, thanks. Nice to see you. Yeah, you too. <laughs> I know we haven't. So this is like the first. We have. We didn't really have a lot of like on-campus interactions. So it's, you're like my first kind of like cold interview in a way because a lot of my other the other students that I've been talking to are people that I've had classes with or things like that. Yeah, yeah, you're really gonna get to know me. Yeah, so we'll tr <laughs> we'll treat it like uh yeah we'll treat it like that like get to know you and stuff. But there's like two. I've already started recording, so we'll just kind of run into it and just go for it. If you have any questions okay. for me as we go, just shoot them out and we'll. We'll um, deal with it as it comes along, but there's no um, no pressure, just whatever. And then um, I don't go over an hour, so if it if we get on a roll, I'll cut it off at like seven fifteen or so anyway. So just okay, to, just, don't worry. Yeah, just 
give you. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, the two things that I thought we could start with was basically like, so there's two kind of like very present moments for you. One is you're finished up. You're basically, you're graduated. You're done with your career as a graduate student at San Diego State. And you're also in the, we're in the midst of a pandemic. So like those two ideas, I'd, I'd like to kind of just hear your thoughts, but I wanted to start with how are you feeling right now with your finishing up of your um, MFA degree? Like what's going through your head? What are some of your thoughts around it? Like, what, are you celebrating? What what's, what's... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's crazy. It. I remember, um, I, when I first found out about, you know, everything going on, like I first found out that my show was canceled before, like this was campus was still open. I found out my show was canceled. And I remember, um, I didn't even really know it was just word of mouth. And I was, uh, sitting at the picnic tables, like underneath the, um, fifth building with Tim Demuth and he had told me, and I, like, we just like cried together <laughs> and it was like, I just like cried the whole day. Like it felt like, you know, you'd been working up three years for like a, a show, right? Like that's the last kind of hurrah. And um, I was so upset. And then, you know, just kind of things started snowballing, like the studio access was getting cut off. And then it was like, we had to get out quick. And it was, it was so intense. And, you know, it was just kind of this thing where I just packed up all my stuff. And like, thankfully, I have, I have a pretty big home and I have a garage space. So I just like scrambled because I only had like a couple weeks until um, it was my defense, my thesis defense, which at the time I wasn't sure what that meant. Um, so I was kind of just scrambling, packing up stuff moved into my garage and I mean honestly it was really good that I had I had to get something done because otherwise I think I would have like fallen or or something like I mean there was like this week of like me scrambling where I was just like what what is going on and I was like just trying to like meditate and like <laughs> um just like figure out like okay, get your mind straight. Like you need to like, you still need to finish your work that you started. Um, there's a lot to do. And just, just like, I really took a week and I was like, just breathing and like trying to figure that out and like focus on what I had to do. Um, but I'm so grateful that I, I had a goal. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked so hard. Like, so, you know, I mean, it was like, Basically, with quarantine, there was nowhere to go, no distractions. And there was like two straight weeks where I just, I kicked ass. <laughs> and I was just like in the studio, you know, it's just like I wake up, have my coffee, like do some yoga and like pop into the studio. And it was just, it was amazing. And it felt so good. And, you know, at the same time, I still had the support of faculty. Like, we're, you know, we're, fa we're Zooming, FaceTiming, like, and that's what's gonna happen after school, right? So it was actually something really incredible. 
that happened. And I'm really actually very grateful. Um, you know, of course I would love to have a physical show. Um, and that probably will still happen. I'm looking for local options and my faculty is also helping me with that. But in terms of like goal oriented, like it really helped me polish my online presence. And I think that there's kind of this thing that happens when you, when you have a physical show, you're like just scrambling to finish the work that I think often the, the photos you're like, Oh, I'll do it later. <laughs> you know? And you're like, Oh, I'll do it later. Well, the photos were like the, really the only thing that I had to show. <laughs> so it actually really kicked my ass into like high gear and I, yeah, I, it ended, I ended up with great photos. Like my website's almost done and, um, you know, the kind of presentation of like thesis orals, that's something that it was what ended up being like my thesis orals was something that actually is more realistic in terms of like an artist talk. Right. Mm -hmm. So everything like actually ended up like better than what it probably would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll have to unpack. You, you mentioned a lot of stuff there. I want to unpack some of that, but it sounds like you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, you had a similar reaction that I was able to have. Like, obviously all yeah. of us had different um, reactions to it. Like my own personal reaction was I'm introverted anyway. The work I need to do didn't really need campus. So it was like, there was this like, almost like, okay, I can really focus kind of aspect, which sounds similar to you, what you were able to do. Mm -hmm. um, so describe a little bit more about the, your studio space. So what did you, did you set up your garage in a way that you could continue the work you were already doing? And there wasn't much of a, a transition into doing different work or explain that a little. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that I work, I work small. Um, for the most part. And I recognize that not everyone who is um, an MFA student has that privilege, right? Like I feel for like the wooden sculpture people who need a larger space. And I mean, it's kind of one of the reasons why I went into jewelry is so that I could kind of not, I wouldn't have to need a lot or like a big space to work. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I went into jewelry, but the garage space i mean it just basically was like i have a garage i didn't really have anything set up um there's a giant pool table in the middle of my garage and it was like a kind of an inconvenience but what i ended up doing was like i just kind of quickly worked on the space like that week that i was like kind of freaking out and like mentally trying to like calm myself i was just setting up the space to um a friend that actually is an SDSU alumni, like she moved to Bali and sold me her jeweler's bench. So I've had this like jeweler's bench that needed to be built in my garage, just like when I graduated for like a year. So it was kind of like, I did have some things. And then um, the pool table, <laughs> I was uh, zooming with uh, my professor, Carrie Ann, and she's like, that that pool table is a perfect platform to put all of your work out. So like I had these like planks of wood that were like painted white, like, and I had this like perfect space to like kind of lay out everything that I've made. And so it's just kind of been 
making the inconveniences like work for me in a way. And um, I mean, also I have a roommate that is an artist. So she kind of, now that she had this time, cause I'm an extrovert actually, <laughs> I'm not an introvert. I wish I was an introvert artist. Like I, I see like a lot of my friends are like you and they, they just, you know, they're just artists and they just like love the quiet and they work. Well, that's not me. <laughs> I'm very social and I like feed off of other people's energy. And so that was, that was definitely like a difficult thing for me to like transition. If I were to have to move like back to a home where I lived alone and had to work creative creatively, I think I would have had a harder time having my roommate be an artist and she and I kind of use that space since she got laid off actually um, because of everything going on, like her and I kind of cultivated that space so that we could both create in that space. And, you know, I think that really helps because I still had that kind of community that I, I need to like feed on, like, um, yeah, definitely helped me out in grad school, like just having the energy of other people around me all, at all times. So this, I'm sure we'll weave in and out of, of a couple ideas. So we'll talk about the pandemic and your art, but also your pandemic and your personality. Like you just mentioned, you're more extroverted. So was, were there other places in this kind of um, new situation that you had to meditate on to find a way to connect with people um, other than your roommate? Or was there, your roommate enough to carry you through? Or was there other moments in your you know, experience of this that you were like, oh, I just need to talk to people. I just need to be around people. Yeah. I mean, I do, I live with three oh. uh, women. So, okay. um, and we're all different types of people, which I think <laughs> is really helpful. <laughs> like, um, cause that's, that is me. Like I need, I need to talk to different people. Like, it's not like, you know, I have a lot of different groups of friends and I, I really gain a lot from talking to or hearing people's experiences and different experiences and points of view. And that actually really inspires me and kind of drives my, yeah, creative or like my, I don't know. Um, it just keeps me going like on a daily basis and yeah, having, like living with them, I think is, has been really helpful. Um, I can't imagine like living alone <laughs> right now. I mean, I have friends that are doing it and it's, it seems hard to keep, just like keep yourself accountable for like, um, everything. <laughs> and and you know? are you all, is it, are you all getting along in a way that, um, does anything, any pressure from this moment making the relationship sometimes testy more than it would have other ways? Or are you in a, such a place with each other that you can give each other the space you need when you do need to give each other space as well? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there definitely is, there's times when, you know, it's just like, there's times we've all experienced where we're just like, oh, I just want to get out, <laughs> you know, and it's like, but I think, you know, these women are all incredible and they can recognize, they're really good at recognizing like kind of their own emotions and we're really good at like kind of just talking through situations. And so I think 
I mean, that's just incredible. It's just like, basically I'm so lucky to live with them. Um, when there is a problem, it's just like resolved. And I think, I think it's just like, you know, being around each other, we're just like, oh, I just want to see new people. <laughs> we're like, I just want to see somebody else. Like, I love you guys, but I want to see like somebody else or just like go and experience something and like the public and <laughs> what, yeah. What has been, so like basically, so we got March 13th is kind of like the date, you know, that's the date we learn. And I'm learning as I've been kind of hearing other stories from other people, a lot of other people have that same date or very similar to it when like things really started to get serious. Um, and so it's been about like 60 days or so since that moment. Uh, what has, if you can pinpoint or if you can talk about some concept that transitioned for you between like the beginning of going into um, kind of a quarantine mode of life till now and what has been some of the things that have changed for you the most like whether it be emotionally whether it be relationships whether it be something i don't know is there something that you can kind of pull out that you feel like you weren't sure about when you first got into it but now you're settling into a routine that's different or anything like that mm, i mean hmm Yeah, I have to be honest with you, um, like entering quarantine was kind of weird for me because I actually had been planning um, like that weekend where things got serious. I had planned, like I'm, I'm very strict about like studio time and I will plan something, like I'll plan a break. Okay. <laughs> and I have to put myself in like the mindset that um, I'm taking a break, otherwise if I go on a casual hike or something, I will be anxious the entire time. Like I'll be like, I, I gotta go into the studio soon. So like, we should wrap this up. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just very anxious. I don't know why or where that comes from, but um, yeah, I mean, so that weekend I actually had left um, town and I was in the desert with like, like a pretty small group of friends for this like music festival. <laughs> and, um, Cause I'm actually, I'm also, I have like a side business as an event florist, um, which is kind of awkward now that all events are postponed, like for who knows when. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's definitely hurt like my own personal creativity for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, so I had left town that weekend and I came back and it was just like apocalypse. Like, <laughs> you know, it was just completely different. And I think like just taking that break helped me get into the mindset of like, all right, it's time to like create, you know, and just like really finish the semester. Um, and I'm just really happy. Like I had doubts in, like before everything was going on, like, um, you know, should I go? Like I have a lot to do. And every time I do plan like a, like a trip to go out in nature, like it's always actually way more helpful than I anticipated because I'm just like more clear and I'm like you know I like it's like a deep breath and then I go back into it like more like level-headed and um with intention like I just can like be like more motivated yeah. um but it was super weird like I came back and everything was different <laughs> and it was so bizarre and uh, yeah I'm pretty sure like that's the last event for a long time <laughs> Yeah, you were mentioning so intention. I could um, 
segue that into some of some of the things that you're doing now that you mentioned earlier with like on, your online presence. And can you talk a little bit about some of your what you're doing? You said you mentioned you got your website, you're working on your website. Is there other ways that you have found or you're starting to look at how to engage an audience through an online presence with your work? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still honestly working on that. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's challenging with jewelry, because it's such an intimate, physical form of art. Um, and it's like, you know, it's just like, I really need people to touch and like put it on. And so it's been interesting to try to think about like, how can you capture like the tactile qualities of jewelry? through the online presence, because that's something, honestly, I never really thought about. I mean, I I think like I take like a detailed shot of the piece, right? I take a piece, the picture of the piece, like on like a kind of neutral background. And then I take it on the body and like, that's kind of been like my protocol. And now I'm trying to like, think about how can I like context the piece a little bit more. Um, I started taking like more like videos of uh because the work i do is like a little i mean it's it's very detailed and it's small for the most part and so i've been taking like some videos of things and i want to get more into that um just because you just can't capture like the essence of the piece with just one image so that's something that's really um been interesting to me. I'm just trying to trying to work on that and like see what you know what does work and, um, yeah, still still experimenting. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the work you do and just in your words, like how do you explain your work and what you've mentioned jewelry a couple of times. So, um, just elaborate a little bit more on how you tell people about yourself as an artist and the work that you do. Yeah, so, um, you know, when I say jewelry, I think a lot of people have different kind of definitions. Um, I like to think of it as like artist made jewelry. So I'm an artist that I do work very sculpturally. Um, however, I work in the format of jewelry and that's completely intentional. And for my own practice, I'm working with um, a lot of found objects that are discarded or have like this kind of history um, of use and intimacy, right? Like something that we like used every day and maybe it broke and like we lost it like um, physically, like it like fell out of our pocket or like we just got detached because um, when we start using things, we don't really mindfully think about like what kind of, um, advantage they're providing to our daily life or, um, you know, how they're helping us with like, just, yeah, everyday, like mindless tasks, like, <laughs> like a paperclip, like we don't think about like, the um, kind of like, while we're using something. And so with my work, you know, it's really about kind of framing the discarded or the unused as something precious. And I'm using very specific um, cues from jewelry and his, like historically and just like kind of like uh, using a lot of like commercial jewelry advertising techniques like shiny surfaces or like that glitter <laughs> that kind of like so I'm, I'm trying to make the discarded 
um, desirable by using very specific techniques. And a lot of jewelry kind of tight handwork that like, quote unquote, like frames the, the discarded piece and it gets you to like think about something differently in a whole new way. And it's been interesting to kind of, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of different like collaborations and um, approaches to making art, like with the pandemic, <laughs> with people just using their like, kind of like surrounding materials, right? So it's been really interesting to see that. Um, and it's been really inspiring just like thinking about like, you know, as an educator, if that's the route that I choose, you know, the kind of options um, of like bringing my own personal like work into like an educational uh, framework. So and really like was this explanation kind of the basis for your thesis as well? Yeah, so my, my thesis was, um, it's called Insight and it's really, it's like I-N-S-I-T-E. Uh, so like kind of, you know, seeing things out of con context and being able to like see them in a different way. Like if you see something on the ground, which is usually where I find my material, it's like on the ground or um yeah. And yeah i'm like saving things from the landfill people like just leave trash on my desk now and you know it's kind of when you see it out of its mundane like context like you're able to like reimagine like what it could be and i think that's like it i mean that's a <laughs> it's just something about myself like i'm very detail oriented and um I don't know. I just see the world like in the small, like, and I think that really ties into the whole jewelry aspect and what attracted me to jewelry is like, just this like really detailed eye to like, just seeing something really specific about an object and then using that to like build off of that. And then like using the body to like bring it back into the world. So it's just like, it's this full circle, um, kind of cycle. <laughs> yeah. When, so when you were presenting, um, how big was the panel of people when you were presenting and how you mentioned already you were, it was like a chance to get you in the, in a mindset of what it's going to be like to present. And so did you feel that beforehand or was that an after effect of the, the whole kind of situation or, or, and then what was some of the, like, what was the moment? Like, did you get feedback or how was they, how was the response to what you were presenting? Yeah, you're talking about my like thesis defense. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, it went really well. <laughs> I got a lot of good feedback, um, just a lot of interesting. Some people didn't speak up and um, I reached out on email later and kind of thanked everyone. And um, that kind of opened up. People were responding really interesting um, comments like I didn't even think about. And um, yeah, I got a lot of good good feedback and I kind of followed up with my professors afterwards and they had told me that, you know, I was pretty much ready to go with like an artist talk. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I treat, that's how I treated it. Yeah. Like I wanted it to benefit me. I saw it as like a practice run. Um, like this is what I would like, to, this is how I would present this work to anybody. Um, if I was, you know, yeah basically if I was like a visiting artist or whoever or whatever the situation is like, that's how I wanted to present that current body of work. 
Yeah. So part of my, the reason I do this podcast is so I can steal nuggets from people and get the- yeah, by all <laughs> means, like, I mean, you know, I'm just really lucky that I have like very supportive faculty and they, I really feel like they've set me up for success and, you know, some, I don't always hear that unfortunately with, um, you know, mm-hmm. just different departments and, um, yeah. So by all means, yeah. <laughs> learn from like, yeah. yeah, my experience. And yeah, that's definitely how I would treat it is. I mean, it's just like, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, you're still gonna probably pass. But like, if you can figure out a way for like, it to benefit you and your practice and like, help you grow as an artist, like, I think like, that's the way to look at it. Because like, what you're gonna get a grade, like, who, who cares about that? Like, it's all about developing, like, this like skill set. So I don't know, I've, I've treated every like kind of presentation where I, you know, part of me is like, Oh, this is so dumb. But like, I've just always treated it as like, okay, we'll just use it to like your advantage. Like, you know, if you were actually going to present this in front of like people that you don't know at like a conference or something like how, how would you want to like appear? Like, do you want to just like have fun with it? Like, (laughs) you know, and, um, yeah, that's like basically how I've gone through grad school. <laughs> so, so talking about your art a little more, one of the things I've um, learned from my first kind of year as a grad student and getting invested in this world, it's like this particular art school definitely has the kind of what I've d- discovered as like the three pillars of art. You know, there's design, there's like fine art, and then there's craft, right? And um, so within your work being i could see this potential of like the found object pushing it outside of traditional jewelry making kind of realms so you start to dabble in different um relationships with the object and and other ideas maybe pushing it toward an a fine art idea as well but i just wanted to see from your words like how do you relate to the, the kind of like the canon or the the kind of the external definitions of of the art world how do you see you fit in and what's important to you is craft heavily important to you or is an abstraction pulling it away from craft um important or is there does they have the functionality super important like what's where do you live in that world yeah um the art and craft kind of uh division doesn't really interest me (laughs) at all (laughs) honestly like I don't really I think I think if you want to call yourself a craftsperson you can if you want to call yourself a fine artist you can like for me like I just call myself an artist and I just own that and you know sometimes I say jeweler (laughs) but like I guess I like to I like to say it as like artist I'm an artist jeweler um Cause I mean, yeah, I do have like this technical historic like craftsmanship of like fine jewelry and I, I have like the skills for that, but like, w- like what it means, like that division between art and craft, like it really doesn't interest me. Um, so like, I guess like art jewelry, contemporary jewelry, however you want to say it, uh, there's a specific field for it and it's really small. <laughs> But there, you know, it's like if you go to like, there's like a national, there's like a um, North American conference and you'll like, you'll keep seeing the same people, right? Um, 
it's interesting that like you know i i guess i it's hard for like it's interesting because like jewelry has a hard time in like this like fine art gallery even though it is put in jewelry galleries <laughs> like art jewelry galleries right and it's i think it's difficult for me because like when it's put on the wall it's like it loses magic that um is gained when you when you like ritualistically like put it on um and it's supposed to be worn and there's been really interesting ways of displaying jewelry um i haven't like figured out like what exactly works for me in <laughs> my own work um but i'm just definitely more interested in seeing it on the body for sure um but i think you know still you know off the body it should have this kind of allure or like I like the curiosity, like if you see it out of context, like just like for how I find like the trash, it's like if you see it without the body, you can like start to imagine like how you would kind of wear it or like, I think I give enough like cues like of like where the neck would go or like where maybe like where you'd like pick it up and put it on. Um, and I usually like relate it back to like kind of the previous function of the object. So like for example, there's a piece where I found uh, like a headband on the ground and the like the connections between the headband and like the most part like is really centered around like the kind of like piece where you like hold the headband and like put it on your head. So it's like very specific like moments like that where I'm drawing attention to like how you would normally interact with the object in its like former life. And I think that kind of like, like relationship to the body and like a, um, a found object kind of helps the viewer like assume how to interact with it, even even when they can't, even when it's just like, there's kind of like this invisible barrier because it's on the wall. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about just the decision to be a graduate student. Tell me first, like, did you go to undergrad for art as well or jewelry making or what did you do as an undergrad? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I went to undergrad. I didn't know what I was doing really. I thought I was, I had like a million ideas. Like I was going to, I was kind of like teetering between like interior design, like, um, I was interested in industrial design, which was which was very large in um, the school that I went to for undergrad. And I kind of like stumbled upon like jewelry and metalwork um, kind of towards the end. So I had kind of gotten like a taste and I had like graduated I, and I just like wanted more. Okay. <laughs> um, and my final year was kind of just centered around like more of like a digital creating where I was, I was using like a lot of like, um, I was really interested in like the hand handcrafted and digitally made objects. So that was like, I was kind of like missing like this like technical part of metalsmithing that I love, that I fell in love with originally. And I actually just moved to San Diego, like on a whim with my roommate. And 
I don't, I don't really know. I wasn't planning on going to grad school. <laughs> it honestly wasn't. And um, the professor at SDSU, Carrie Ann Quick, that's um, one of the professors in the metalsmithing program. I had kind of like, I kind of wanted to learn under her. I had seen like a, um, she presented a lecture at a conference that I attended to like a long time ago. And I, I was just like so intrigued by the way she was talking about jewelry and like also like material sourcing. I was just like super interested in like, like, you know, thinking about like where materials are coming from. And I was just so interested in basically like learning from her. And then, but I knew she was teaching in New York. And so I was like, whatever, I don't want to move there. And so I just moved to San Diego and then had later found out that she was teaching at San Diego State. And then, so I was like, okay, well, I was kind of interested. Um, and then I saw that Sandra, uh, Sandra Sherman is the head of the program too. And they're very opposite in their teaching. Like Carrie is very like, kind of um, contextual work and Saunders very like skilled craftsmanship, like like tight, like good um, metalsmithing work. And I was just so interested in that dynamic and they both have such strong ties to uh, like other European artists and practices. Uh, Saunders used to uh, study in Germany and Carrie used to live in uh, the Netherlands. And I'm just like so interested in that connection too. And I just like randomly was like, I'm just gonna apply <laughs> and just see what happens. Like we're getting dead, what's the, what's the big deal? <laughs> and yeah, I just like applied, got in and I didn't, like I didn't apply it anywhere else. <laughs> I just was like, I'm here, you know, might as well apply. Like I'm already in San Diego. And I got in and I was like, well, let's just do it. <laughs> so I just kind of was like a gut impulse feeling and it ended up being like incredible experience like yeah yeah it, it sounds similar to some of what i my thoughts around applying as well because i it was kind of like a I, some people have a very specific goal in mind and wh why they want to go places and i didn't have that i was just like i just need to figure out my life mm -hmm. kind of <laughs> but it, yours is different but similar but in that, so in that idea for me, it's like, I'm, I'm on this journey, discovering it as I go. So I imagine there was some of that for you as well. Like you, you applied on a whim, you got in. So what were some of the things that you started to ask yourself about, like why you're here? And then like, how did that evolve through the three years? Did you do it in three years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that evolve? Like, how did it start from, okay, I'm here now. I'm going to make stuff or I'm going to do stuff. What were some of the things that started to manifest out of being here that you're like, oh, I could look at this. I could go here. I could think you mentioned already you might teach kind of idea. Like what are some of the other thoughts that grew out of the experience? Yeah, it was like a very beautiful experience because <laughs> my first year I was like not having it. Like I was just like, I don't know why I'm here. Like everyone's so talented. Like I don't even know if I should be here. Like I, it was just like, I was not having it at all. Like the work I was making was terrible. Like I just like couldn't get it together. Like I was also kind of like, just, I had some like personal shit that was going down and I just like, 
it just seemed like like one thing after another I was getting like kicked down like beaten like I was just trying to be creative and I just couldn't get it together um my second year got like a little bit better um and then in my second year we applied to see was that my second year yeah we applied to um we applied for an SSF to go to Amsterdam to have an international show. And like, I kid you not, like I wrote out this like five-year goal and it was like, apply to grad school, see if you get in, like fall through if you do. And then it was like, make your way to Amsterdam. <laughs> like, I just like wanted to like, cause the jewelry there is phenomenal and there's so many jewelry galleries and it's just like, just an incredible like city like I briefly visited when I was younger and like just fell in love and like I wanted to like immerse myself in like a country I wasn't familiar with and just like learn about like art in a different perspective and so we we went to Amsterdam like we had at the end of my actually at the end of my first like um this like Dutch editorial design that like is amazing <laughs> with like this like Dutch editorial like contemporary jewelry magazine and online platform like they came and visited and I was just like this is crazy like we like met up with them when we went to Amsterdam like it's just basically like all these kind of like fantasies like oh it'd be super cool to be like like meet them or like be in their magazine or like and, like we just like did all these crazy things and because our professors have like such profound connections and yeah I think like going to the Netherlands like fueled me up so much and just meeting with all these well-known artists I just got really excited like about my own work and I was just like oh man like I can do this like you know they had they had doubts too like they were really just honest with us and like about the field and like just basically gave me inspirational like um words on just pushing through the hardships <laughs> like like took them so long to get to where they are of course they're famous they've been working for like 40 years like you know and it's like I'm just like oh I've only been working for four years I'm gonna quit like <laughs> just like so whiny <laughs> and, um yeah I mean after that I just got after going to the Netherlands I just got super excited and in my final year I just like I don't even know what I honestly don't know what happened because I think I just like blacked out because I wasn't sleeping <laughs> but I just got so excited and I was just like making this work that felt really passionate about for the first time and it, um I guess that started a little bit with my like advancement um advancement I think I just do well with like under pressure stuff I guess um yeah but honestly I struggled so hard <laughs> until advancement and then I just like I don't know I made this breakthrough and it got so much easier and so many people say that honestly and I think that's like the good thing about state being like a kind of well I don't know what it, is it three years for you yes yeah so honestly the three-year thing I don't think I could have done it in two years like I just wouldn't have like made that like breakthrough um yeah I think that's I think the three years definitely helped so it sounds like there's a bit of this like synchronistic, like, I don't know if you're into like metaphysics at all, but I totally am. And like, if you're in, if you're doing the right thing, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, things manifest for you and this, that whole five-year plan and then Amsterdam just happens, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm 
doing this thing that I planned to do, but didn't realize how I was, it was going to accomplish. And yeah, I mean, and it's like, it didn't just happen. Like I worked my butt off to like write this proposal and like, I mean, there's definitely part of me I'm like, oh, it's fate. Like, <laughs> but it's like, I worked so hard for that. Like we all like, we're just up, you know, for hours, just like polishing this like proposal. And I was like, um, one of the people that was like, kind of like, like in charge of that because um, a lot of people were, you know, in their thesis year. So it was like, okay, I was like, I have no problem. Like, really like focusing on this because you know i'm second year i have like that kind of like momentum like i'm not like a first year where like i don't know what's going on <laughs> and it's like i'm not like busy with thesis so it was just like i really liked to be able to like i liked being in that position and like being like i got this you know i'm gonna work really hard on this we're all gonna work together and we're gonna make this happen <laughs> we did and it was incredible but I mean yeah that whole like writing like a five-year random plan of like I'm gonna go to Amsterdam and like see what the art culture is like like yeah it just like manifested in this crazy way <laughs> I'd like to find out so this could you could be I already described it through this experience but like what was of uh, you look back on your three years what were some of um the best parts of the experience like what what happened maybe other than the Amsterdam thing that that happened that you weren't um really you were also surprised by or some you, a, a relationship you formed or a way you started working or something about the experience that was 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 a, a positive um I don't hmm. I mean we, we probably just covered it <laughs> We covered, I think we covered a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did form like a very beautiful, um, intimate relationship with somebody like towards the end. Cause I was like, I was like, I'm not talking to anyone. Like, this is about me and my art. <laughs> and I was like, I was just very like, like, no, like I'm like focusing, like, please leave me alone. And, um, yeah, I, I like formed a relationship with this like digital artist and like, I don't know how to really explain it, but it, it was like very beautiful to meet somebody that was like so supportive of like you just creating in your own space and like, was just like, I'll be over here if you need me. <laughs> Otherwise I could get it, like go do your thing. Like, like so supportive of like an independent like artist lifestyle and just like always like, emotionally there like at all, like anytime I needed it and that was something like I really like kind of just didn't know existed <laughs> and that was really cool that was just like a random thing that happened like not really in grad school but like in the midst of like me being like emotionally crazy like because I'm so stressed out <laughs> I was just like I was not really expecting that <laughs> but um definitely like the Amsterdam like honestly that changed my yeah, that it changed my entire practice. And also just having like, we had so many visiting artists that were like, that are just like, celebrities. <laughs> and they're just sitting in front of you, like looking at your work. And it's just so like humbling. Like, oh my gosh, they're just like a normal person. <laughs> and they're just an artist and they still, they don't make any money. <laughs> like, they're just like, that was just so humbling. Like, I'm like, you're in every single like 
textbook and you're just like sitting here like drinking coffee with me <laughs> and it was just like really cool like and just like like we have so many amazing visiting artists come to SDSU and I yeah I think we're really lucky what was the hindsight's 2020 kind of moment of the struggle or the thing that was the most difficult be it maybe making sure that you'd always make rent or something about the program wasn't quite right like communication or I don't know just was there something along this journey that was like the struggle that you had to continue like address every once in a while or yeah my my first year I had this like struggle <laughs> and like I don't really want to go into it but it was like a personal struggle that um it just it really pulled me away like there's specific like time frames like I had to leave to like go take care of something and it was just like yeah it was emotionally draining but it was like a time sucker like I had to leave at a specific time and it was like I didn't get done my studio stuff like I knew after I would have to I would not be able to go back to the studio it was like a 5 p.m kind of a thing and it's like I'm not going to go back to the studio after that and I'm used to like working kind of late like I'm just like more efficient um after five mm -hmm. <laughs> and um yeah so that first year and also I was working a lot um and I wasn't really giving myself like the opportunity to just like totally immerse myself into grad school like I was just like so consumed with like I need to make rent like <laughs> you know I was just like I have to pay for this other thing like I just kind of was like in this like bumper to bumper like like there was always something like where I had to like pay up like money. Like I was just in this like hole yeah. and it was really challenging to like, like focus on school while all this other stupid shit was going on. And I think that that's just like why I couldn't, I just like never really settled into like this whole like idea of like grad school until like I cleared that up and like could really focus. And after that first year, it was just like, I can do anything now. I can stay late, like, you know, and it was just like incredible. Yeah, I like, um, but that first year. <laughs> yeah, I like to ask that question because that's like, if maybe somebody does listen to this, that's kind of the, the piece. Somebody listens to it that is thinking about the process and wanting to do it because that's the piece that I think to give the variables, like to give everybody all the variables so they know what they're getting into. And for me, it was a similar thing of just the time. Like I thought I would have more time and I was already planning, like I was already cleared the decks and I thought I would have more time than I do. So I was like, and then I just cleared the decks even more once I realized, no, this is like, I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely clearing the decks is important. <laughs> it's like, it's just important to give yourself that like, I mean, so many people try to like work and go to grad school and like, I understand, but it's like, if you can, if you can just like not do that, <laughs> yeah, it um, makes the difference. <laughs> so, yeah. so when did you, when did you discover art? When did it come into your life? What's your first memory of like making or being or defining yourself as an artist? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, uh, just like, <laughs> this is kind of like a stupid thing, but um, when I was like in, 
when I was like in preschool. <laughs> my like I was just always so detailed and like I guess like everyone was always like mashing up like mud and play-doh and stuff and I was like over in the corner like building like a family of snowmen out of like play-doh with like little scarves <laughs> like just like always there was always moments of that and I mean I always go back to that moment um because I apparently like my whatever my preschool teacher said to my mom like listen she's really detail oriented and she's interested in like creating like you need to like manifest or you need to just like make sure that's like something she keeps doing I kid you not like and then when I was a kid like my my mom she made sure that like happened <laughs> she always made sure there was like something I could create at home and she just always made sure I had like the time to do that and I think like if I didn't have that, like, I don't know if I would have exercised like that creativity, like leading up into my adult life. Like, and I know a lot of parents aren't supportive of the arts and mine don't really get it at all. <laughs> they just know that I need it. And um, yeah, honestly, like I mean, I, when I was in high school, I would stay up until 2 a.m. painting in the basement and I would fake sick so I wouldn't have to go to my first class in the morning and my parents just like they were just like okay <laughs> I mean I don't think they thought I was faking it but um it was just like something that was exercised like throughout my entire life like I just don't even know like it's I don't know anything else um yeah I, this is the first time I actually looked at the time and we're actually like almost at an hour, which is pretty amazing. So like, I, I just got like two more questions. Um, the first one is just this concept of inspiration. Like who, who, in, like, do you have other artists that inspire you? Do you have other concepts? Do you have things that aren't art related that you tap into that inspire you to be a creative person or how you reference what you're trying to make? Or what are some of the things that you look at or that you watch or you see or you read that really gets you inspired? Oh man, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I read like, I read like poetic writing about like details of the mundane. I read like spiritual like texts. I practice yoga. I go outside a lot. I talk to people that inspire me like, there's definitely artists that I like love that I look up to that are jewelers that are like, just like sculpture artists or not. I shouldn't say just, <laughs> um, but there's just like, I feel like there's just constant stuff, right. That we're just like consumed with that keeps us going. Breathing that helps me. <laughs> so, so basically now the, the last question is, kind of the now what question, but I wanted to frame it into a going back to what we started with just this idea. You just basically we're, we're you're like just graduated. You're just, it's like the final moments here. So what is going on for you in this? Like, what does it feel like to be done? You know, and then what do you hope to where it'll take you after? Um, well, it's like a little anticlimactic. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. I'm just like working, like, uh, I'm just working on my website presence. Um, I'm just kind of like polishing up like my presence online and I would really like to be a part of some sort of like online like editorial in terms of like my work like expanding from just like a jewelry field. Um, I've been in some exhibitions like I was in this exhibition in Munich and that was that was right before like everything went down too so it was like the last physical show I've been in. I was in a show I'm well I guess I'm still in a show um, and it's in Baltimore, but it's like all online. <laughs> so I don't know, I'm just kind of like watching what other people are doing. Um, you know, before the pandemic, I was really interested in like uh, looking for like kind of like a space to be like, a, like I'm really interested in like having a gallery space to be honest with you. Um, and then I have like the side business that like actually pulls in like probably well, it pulls in more money than jewelry. And I like that because it frees me from like having to like sell work for, um, to support myself. And it's still creative. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm kind of just looking at other models, like what are people doing in, in this time and how could I like, I'm a little bit antsy, like I want to get started like with um, what I'm passionate about doing. And so I'm like, well, how can I kind of like, like slowly slip in and like start like building a presence online now that everyone's online. And um, I mean, it's really sad, but there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going out of business. And so it's going to be a great time to look for a space, which is very sad, but it's like, there's also like going to be a lot of like new businesses forming. And um, I do plan to stay in San Diego for a little while because I've created a lot of connections here and I'm just really interested in seeing like, you know, how those connections play out after school. Cause I really haven't given like um, some of these like links a chance because I've been so consumed with grad school that I haven't like really, really tried to like connect with my community. So that's where I'm going <laughs> to be continued to like, stay tuned. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot that we didn't get into that we could probably keep going on, but um, so I just want to leave it as a cliffhanger for the next time, potentially you know, we could reconnect and yeah, we, could, we could talk, sure. we could talk about the other, other things that are coming up. And if you ever have something that you actually want to promote or you, if you do open your gallery or you have a show or, or something hit, you know, connect with me and we'll, we'll make it an event for the podcast as well. Yeah, so, definitely. That'd be awesome. So thanks a lot for, um, joining me. Is there anything last thing that you didn't get to say that you might want to add? We... I feel like I've said a lot. <laughs> cool. Hopefully I said it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was amazing. It was great. I do, okay. yeah, I do appreciate you coming on and being a part of it. I'm glad we finally got to kind of meet each other. Even... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for not like, I've been so like somewhere else for like the last year. <laughs> I don't know. I've just been so focused on thesis that I, I haven't really like, you know, made the effort to connect with any anybody new. Mm -hmm. Like I've just been like, I gotta I gotta go and focus. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's nice to see that you're like doing like things outside of the realm of, you know, just your work and you're it seems like you're making huge efforts to like connect with people, which I think is so important. 
and um yeah it's definitely like inspiring and thanks for like not giving up on me <laughs> oh yeah you bet no thanks for that i appreciate that now you're making me blush you don't want to do that but uh <laughs> but um all right cool well we did it thanks a lot so yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna stop the recording All right, here we are at the end. You made it. Thanks a lot for joining. Oh, okay, a couple things that I say at the end. First of all, thanks a lot to our Patreon supporter, Michael Knapp, for making that happen. Currently, we only have one Patreon supporter, so you can be our next. Patreon.com slash the Zim. You can start at um, as low as $1 a month. Patreon is a monthly subscription service, so really appreciate your support if you decide to do that. And the way it'll work is you'll the, the first... You know, moment you sign up, I will shout you out at the beginning of the podcast. But then as long as you're subscribing to be a Patreon supporter, I will shout you out at the end of every podcast while your subscription subscription is active. So yeah, so we got one so far. Michael Knapp, who's the man. And that'll happen on both MFA Chronicles and the Word on the Street podcast. I have two podcasts. I actually have three podcasts which um but the third one's a little bit looser anyways these are the two that matter word on the street and mfa chronicles so cool thanks a lot for the support there and then also there's another way to support this whole thing right now if you're into it or you know whatever i'm making masks for you know to wear because we're in a pandemic and there's protocol right now that they want people wearing masks out in public and in grocery stores and such things like that. So if you don't have yours yet, you can contact me any way that you can. You can go to mfachronicles.com and there's lots of ways to get a hold of me through there or the Twitter or Instagram I mentioned at the beginning. I'll do it again now at the Zim S T H and that's in, that's Twitter and Instagram is at underscore the Zim. Check out both of those places for con ways, you know, you can contact you there or email or whatever. Or just find me. The I did sell one mask due to this post podcast little, you know, ramblings I do here. And um, somebody found me through my Facebook page, my Facebook page. And that's uh facebook.com slash the zim seattle because that's where i'm from but i you know you know it now but they didn't know it. they i don't know how they found me through my facebook page because i it's not connected to anything that i'm aware of but anyway so they were down they ordered a mask for me you can do it too you can also ask for one for free because this is the way it works it's a pay what you can model i'm trying to raise money for support but i'm also trying to be ethical about the whole concept of making something that people need um because of shortages and just different things like that of course my masks are not like you know the what m n95s or whatever they're called they're not like that they're cotton organic cotton masks that i have i have a bunch of a whole bunch of organic cotton that i've been sewing masks out of but anyways enough of the masks that's what i'm doing i'm selling masks you can also go to creator zim on ebay find my account on ebay and i'm always have one or two posted on there as well but you can contact me directly as well okay there and if you have any questions just ask me cool that's it that's all the announcements at the end thanks a lot for joining subscribe comment you know rate review do all the good stuff all right until next time be loving kind and patient peace